0: Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
1: Plus minus. Curry way
2: after Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there.
1: <laughs> Plus minus. I'm driving again. Oh, you're me. Tell Marcus that he asked the, you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. you have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. All right, welcome to Warriors Plus Minus. It's actually Warriors Kings Plus Minus because... <laughs> Uh, we we've got Anthony Slater on here. We we need a neat we need a new name for Slater, don't we? We, we do, do. Slater before. Sacra- so I ju- I've
2: seen like Sacramento Slater stuff yep. like that. I mean, that's the simplest one. It doesn't you know it's not quite like Slater.
1: Kind of hard, so we gotta.
2: We need y'all to come up with something that's at least remotely as good as that. Slick, that was pretty good. Slaker had like a level of disdain to it. Yes. <laughs> no, we yeah. need that. That's what you need. You need something like that. That's yes, exactly for sure. what we need. But, well, uh, can I say something? The yeah, Kings yeah. have something that the Warriors want right now. They have. They're gripping to the sixth seed with a broken thumb from their best player. They are gripping to the sixth seed. I
1: mean, and, it's all just like set up for the eventual first round series between the Warriors and Kings. I think you're, I think you're smart on this one. Are you
2: considering the play in the first round? Because then I might agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> play in at Golden One. That would be the WB. three. Big three versus six, Kings is it, Warriors. Is this a Vivek fever dream right now? Or, that's, where, that's, yes. that's, that's what it's going to be, I'm telling you. What,
3: what, what would he shoot into the sky if he beats the Warriors in a playoff Oh, man. <laughs> He'd shoot himself into <laughs> the sky, probably. Yes, yes, there would be a blast off there. It uh, would be uh, or, in orbit, Vivek in orbit. If that Eli- hey, this uh, is a Warriors uh, podcast. But so it's trading that
1: way because the Warriors have won three Straight, so we can start talking playoffs again because they are back to 500. Yeah. And last night, which was a totally losable game and a game they might have lost. Uh, I'm going to have to fill in Slater because he wasn't there. He was covering some bonus against Jokic, the big battle out west. But, Slater, since you weren't there, Ty Jerome took over the whole game. It was incredible. They were Fight. down double digits all game and then Ty Jerome comes up big with a, with a Hey, hey, there was one moment he posted up uh he went one on one with uh Colin Sexton and then gave him the he's too little sign. Oh and no. then he and then yes, yes, he gave him he's too little sign. And then it, he intercepts this pass and pulls up on the brick like like he's Steph Curry or Jordan Poole and drills it, and just like
2: stares at his bench and savors the love
0: from Remember Jason. Marcus.
2: Remember we did a live room after the Utah loss, that like really bad late loss, uh, whatever it was, about 10 days ago, two weeks ago. And he had done a similar thing. He had like looked off clay or somebody in that game on a transition three, and it was really bad. He missed it, and it it felt like the low point of like the Ty Jerome experience. But when you're, you know, as you're telling me this, my thought was, what's new? I mean, this this wasn't some revelation yesterday. Ty Jerome's been doing this. For the last game uh remember the Memphis game? He hits those yeah. three huge like that was a monster stretch in that huge christmas win he He has eight points and sixty five seconds and like stabilizes what felt like the most tenuous moment of the game so uh right now I think the argument for the most impactful two way player in the league and the entire league Ooh. is between him and Anthony Lamb Wow. Hey, can you imagine if they did not have those two guys? I mean, Lamb kind of goes up. Hold around. on now,
1: TK. They might have Pat Spencer, and it might be even better.
3: Yeah, you are a Pat Spencer total. That's it. You're committed <laughs> to uh, They must have known something, because I mean, Jerome and, and Lamb were at it, like, boom, and they're it. Like wasn't, you know, it was going to be Witherspoon, it was going to be all, it was uh, Quinones, right? For all summer.
2: Quinones, the Quinones yeah.
3: And then all of a sudden, like, boom, it's, it's Jerome and it's Lamb, and that's it. Like, I have inside information. Like, that was it. Those were the guys, like, the moment they arrived. Uh, I don't know why. I, I guess we're saying why. There's I got any, theories.
2: Like, yes,
3: but go ahead. I mean, they're, yeah. they are huge rotation players. And by the way, I don't want to be mean, but guess who did not get into the rotation the second half last night? Moses Moody like they're so far ahead of them it's not even you know it's not even in the conversation they're both way ahead of them for different reasons and if they didn't have them they would be in some serious trouble right now I think
2: yeah so with Ty Jerome like Steve Kerr has wanted a Backup point guard, the, a more like organ, you know, he's talked about it, organized everything. Brad Wanamaker, like true point Brad, guard. Yeah, yeah. Nico Mannion, right? He watched Arizona, and he's like, that might be it, but you know, that didn't, that, that that experiment failed. But we all know that, like his tendency for that. I think they went to camp hoping Ryan Rollins, the guy they paid, to yeah. get into the second round, might show he could do what Ty Jerome was doing, and I think pretty quickly they learned he couldn't. And then the Thunder dumped Ty Jerome, and, like, remember it was a wild trade where it was, like, four, you know, non-guaranteed guys going to Houston for more non-guaranteed guys. It was, like, a classic Sam Presti trade that, like, you know, felt like nothing, but within that, Ty Jerome got cut. And I just think he profiled as who Steve Kerr wanted. So they went out and got him. And Tim, you, you alluded to some inside information. It was clear when they got him, they like part of the way they got him was like, you're coming to be. Yeah, There was no question. Yeah. There's no question. He he was the guy, no question. And that was to be the job that, you know, we could scoff at Steve Kerr's, you know, I guess, uh, obsession with like always having that, you know, kind of low ceiling, reliable hand as like a third guard that plays probably more than fans want. But this has really worked with him. And then the Lamb one, I don't know if you heard the story, but I guess Steve went to a G League game last season, and they're playing Rio Grande Vipers, or, you know, the Houston's G League team. And he was like, this guy popped off the court in, like, very steeper ways. He right? Weisman, was he going to
1: Wiseman, though?
2: Yeah, Wiseman's yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. well, 30s <laughs> going, Lamb! Now he's like, hey, man, that Lamb guy. <laughs> 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 like we could just see it. We could just see it happening.
2: Oh God! And I'm sure Lamb was doing like DHO handoffs and, uh, you know, guard, rotating yeah, early to take a roll, charge, grade and yeah,
3: all, all that stuff and stuff. That and, you, and you could plug it in. There's no question. They're plugging it in.
2: And I just think part of the decisions on these two ways were you left. You're leaving 15 open. Andre Iguodala has like a, you know, he's not playing for at least the first few months. Baldwin and Rollins were just no-goes early in the season. We'll get yes. to Baldwin. Maybe he's turning a corner. But I think part of the calculation on two ways was, like, almost, like, give them to Steve Kerr in a sense of, like, hey, we're not giving you the JTAs, the Damian Lees on the back end of the roster. Find two G League guys that can play in your system. And, like, again, we can criticize the a lot of the roster construction or Steve Kerr's obsession with that those kind of players, but it's working right now. It, was, yeah, it, it worked. Now. Uh, in a, recently, yeah, <laughs> there were times
1: it they've more, at least right? hit on those
2: no, guys. No. Like, yeah. it's weird that they've had to use these guys, but they've at least hit on the ideas of these guys. I think the
3: very specific roles. Well, you know, last night, third quarter starts bad. What does Kurt do? And I, I, I see Ty Jerome getting someone up. I, go, I guess he's taking Lamb out. He takes Looney out, MT. I mean, it was like, okay, we need someone. Because I think Poole was being overplayed. He had a jack shot and he had a turnover. And Kerr immediately puts Ty Jerome in. And it, and not for a younger player, for Kevon Looney to try to get space, movement, and I think to take Poole off the ball. uh, And it worked. It's just like Kerr has these things, these very specific things he sees and when he gets into trouble, he's not going to Moses Moody. Like it wasn't Moses Moody going to be coming off that bench. It was Ty Jerome, and it worked. And and Jerome played fantastic. You know, he does some weird stuff. You know, not he's not a you know a, a high ceiling player by any regard, but he's you got know stuff what? that helps them. He gets them into stuff. He doesn't. I Kerr's mentioned this several times. He does not turn it over, even though you think he gets himself into trouble. But he gets the ball out of there, and he makes a shot or two. And he's sorta of big, right? I mean, you, you could switch and he's not gonna shut down big players, he's not gonna shut down anybody. He but was
2: battling Kelly O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, along yeah. The I
3: day mean day. he's not embarrassing on defense, he's lengthy, he gets in the passing lanes like they knew, like they didn't even think about it when these that's I guess my point and Slater, you've explained it, but like they weren't even like, Okay, we're gonna see what these guys are like. They're like they are the two way guys after all summer thinking it was gonna be Witherspoon and, and Quinones, and uh, or someone, somebody else was going to take a run at it. has been these two guys, and they were right on these two guys. Kerr was right about these two guys.
2: A, a couple guys have mentioned Chioza in the chat, and this no. is just—he's a better version of Chiosa. Like yep. they hit, they hit more on this yep. than Chiosa. Marcus, you you wrote about Divincenzo, uh, and to me, he's like a supercharged version of like what Jerome. Oh my
1: goodness, man. right? Like yeah, like if uh, if if he loves Jerome, man, like the Divincenzo love. He played the entire first, fourth quarter last night. Yes, yeah. Like, he plays – I didn't, I looked this up. Like, he played a career-high in minutes. He's never played 39 minutes in a game before. And his two career highs now are with the Warriors. Like, he's becoming that player who Steve Kerr just has to have on the court. And the beauty of him, why they really like him, is that he can he can be the steady kind of point guard they need. They got to bring the ball up. He's not going to turn it over. He's going to get into the offense. He's going to move the ball. Or they can move him off the ball. And they were doing that thing with him and Poole, where he's guarding the point guard, and then the other guy is running point. Or when Pools get too much attention, they can move him off. The the interchangeability, and then you know he can guard some threes. You know he may not be able to stop him, but they're gonna have to work to get around him. And I think Draymond likes that. Like Draymond likes when it's Divincenzo on his side to uh, to to stop the guy on the perimeter because they just they seem to have a good defensive chemistry. Uh, it, it's crazy too because it didn't start it started looking like i mean I, i'm not saying he was jermichael green but it just didn't look like <laughs> he didn't have a good out. first month no yeah, he, yeah, got yeah. he got hurt
2: he got hurt he got that and that was like really important in that slide huge, that huge. that east coast slide we didn't really know it at the time but you know he gets hurt in like third game of the season and he's he's missed on that road trip i think you know who really missed him Wiseman, he's like the only guy that gets Wiseman going, like actually sees the lob, throws the pass, although Kaminga's now finding him, but um, and I just, I remember how bad the second unit was on that East Coast, that 0-5 trip early, like, maybe they're 2-3 if Steven Chen around, I don't know. Yeah. So, well, right?
1: he's 2-8 and eight without him, TK.
2: Interesting, interesting. He's tough,
3: like that's, like he digs out rebounds, he's tough, I mean, he's not the greatest on-ball defender, but he battles. He's kind of like Clay, like, it doesn't look like they're super, they're not super fast side to side, but it's just tough to get around them because they're strong, right? You don't see blowbys, and you see some blow-bys with some of the other guys. He's just strong. He's tough. Like, he's just that tough guard that they could really use to give him minutes when you've got Jordan, you've got no one. staff's healthy, you, like there's some other guys who, who can do so many other things, but they just need a toughness. Go get the loose ball, hit the ground. How many times is DiVincenzo on the ground bowing for a ball? Like these are, you know, it's not the most super valuable stuff in the world, but it's valuable to this team. And you're right. Draymond, I think he's got the Draymond rhythm. Like when Draymond and, and Dante are out there together, they're scrappy. The ball's bouncing their way. They're fighting for the defensive boards. And, you know, we know they're still not a great defensive rebounding team. It's like the guards need to help him out on the rebounding. And DiVincenzo's in there every freaking time. Uh, and making some shots. Like, sometimes he doesn't make shots. I think, Marcus, you wrote about that. Like, he didn't make any shots in the previous game. He still was valuable. They still needed him out there. Now, they're going to need him to make shots, uh, especially in the bigger games. And he made them in the Memphis game. But the, just that stuff, just those hard minutes, that's good stuff for them. And especially with Steph, uh, especially when, you know, Wiggins, you know, we talk about Wiggins out. Like they got They need guys just to go chase good offensive players. And DiVincenzo will do it. We can talk about Kaminga can do it, too. Like, they, they, they're they, developing. They're kind of lengthening yeah. out their rotation. It feels like, to me, exactly when they need to do it, when Steph's out. There. I, he, he yeah. Do
1: I what feels what like – was crazy was earlier in the year when we, were, we didn't know, like, what the rotation would be. I, I heard the same thing from three players. Like, DiVincenzo has to play. And he wasn't playing good at the time. Like, it wasn't like he was like this. But it was like, I just know he needs to be on the court. And we
2: could see why now, but like he's 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 a little bit more he,
1: valuable than he might suggest. He, he
2: started he started I think almost every game for like a 60 something win Bucks team who had the best five man lineup in basketball that season had when he was on the floor they had an incredible defensive rating. You go back to this season it's his third NBA season and like he's part of the best three man lineups in basketball. He's part of the best four man and like he was a, he was just a starting guard on the. Title winning bucks, basically. Obviously, and he this gets was hurt. after Villanova. Too. Yes. Yes. Obviously, he gets hurt in the playoffs. But, you know, when you're looking for reliability among a rotation that has, like, proven nothing, right? So many of these guys on their bench have proven nothing. I mean, these get, like, Draymond Green watches the NBA. He knows what DiVincenzo did for that Bucs team. He's probably got friends on it. I know Andre Iguodala, a member, loved him early on. Mm-hmm. um and that's through his friendship with Drew holiday dante's very close to Drew holiday kind of emulates Drew holiday it wants to be kind of like him defensively and andre knows this type of stuff so i think that's what led them to believe like look dante may not have shown it yet but we know it's in there and it clearly is right and he's young with with upside and he wants a contract too yep. you know yeah he said they recruited
1: him Stephen draymond they told him like he'd be perfect that was a, that was a pretty big deal so i might have put that in my story but yeah. They, they 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 clearly knew who he was based on his
2: Milwaukee years. But would,
1: would you say this was the San Antonio game from last year?
2: I mean this one was at home and like, you know, the the fact that they did it in San Antonio during a road trip to me is is more impactful. I mean, look at their, their road home splits right now. Um so I wouldn't quite go that far, but you, hey, you were there. I wasn't. Like you said, I was up in Sacramento lighting a beam. So you tell me. <laughs> I, I was. I wasn't at the San Antonio game either. But it just feels like
3: the. Well, way Dray,
1: didn't Draymond play Did
3: was did Draymond play in the San Antonio game? No. He did. So like yeah. So Draymond being out there was kind. Of, he was kind of big in the fourth quarter.
1: He the was, he was, he <laughs> was all right, right. So that's a little different there. Uh, but. But they also went super deep on the bench. Even dusted off your guy, TK, you gotta take your DJ lap. I gotta stop calling this guy Patrick O'Brien.
3: No, he I do that too. (laughs) I do that too. There's it's scary. But the guy can shoot. We've seen it. And, you know, it was interesting because, you know, he's mostly played our own, like, maybe only played just garbage time minutes. But we've seen him jack up, right? He jacks. That's what he's out there for. He well, had five important.
2: threes in Brooklyn right away. Yeah,
3: exactly. But, like, this game, he's in it in, like, a tight situation because Kaminga picks up that third foul in the third quarter. And Baldwin is not shooting right away. You kind of say, uh, this might not be the time to just jack it. But... He's just too good to shoot. He's too good of a shooter to not shoot. So he puts one up, misses, puts another one up, boom. And I think the Kerr mentioned the early one in the, in the fourth quarter, just in rhythm, they get it for him. They're clearly looking to get it to him, Gets a screen, bam. Uh, and Kerr called it like, you know, a game to, to Turner. And, you know, it was part of the flow of it. But just like they had to score points with that unit. You know, you you get that second unit out there uh, and you need to score points. Because they are playing good defense. Like, they were. Uh, and it just gives them a different feel. I, I don't know if Baldwin's going to be, in, you know, even on the edge of the rotation come playoff time or even later season. But it's an interesting tool. Six-foot-ten guy who can jack threes. Uh, it spaces out. And I've said from the beginning, in the, the preseason, like, when you've got Looney and Draymond, you do need, like, somebody who can just shoot lethal because they're going to be completely being, you know, screwing up the space. Patrick, ba- Patrick Baldwin can really affect some of this, just him being out there. Maybe a second unit guy, maybe like this you know, combo third unit when, when Steph plays with the with the young guys to end the first and third quarter. Somewhere in there, I think Patrick Baldwin might have a role. What do you guys think?
1: Uh, you know what I was thinking? He can, shoot. Uh, he can just shoot. He can definitely shoot. I think you can put him in a spot where – like, you need some, you need an offensive juice. I think that's the next step for him. It's like, all right, we need some, we need some offensive juice. We need somebody to make some shots. Put him in there. He's not like, like, he wasn't getting destroyed defensively. No. No. Uh, but you know, also like some, I can see in some lineups, you know, against some things he might. I mean, If
3: a like team has hit a bruiser,
2: they hit, you could just kind of rumble right through him. As yeah, a, that was he was player. Yeah,
3: he was playing the three, right? Because Kaminga was out. Yeah, so like, he was playing the three. Yeah, yep. that doesn't seem right. You know, he's just too slow for to play a three. But you know, Utah didn't really have a three who could attack him. You know, what Rudy Gay or whatever, they they weren't going to attack him at the three. But like, if he's got Draymond behind him, that you know that's. As many warriors have learned, that's not a bad spot to be in. Where it's you're, the, it's probably the best situation if you can't play defense. Right? Yeah, exactly. So that's why, like Baldwin with Draymond, or, you know, or Baldwin with Looney or Baldwin with both of them, which is what he was doing, is not a terrible kind of like lineup mix. We'll, well, again, not all the time, maybe you know, very few games, but there's going to be spots where I think that just a guy who can hit three threes, in, you know, in a five minute span is going to help the Warriors. He might hurt him in a lot of other things. But, I, I mean, we haven't seen it, right? I mean, the time I thought he got destroyed was Colin Sexton. It turned out Collin Sexton had just grabbed his arm and scored over him. Uh, and it got reversed. So, like, he contests. He grabs some rebounds. Like, there's some interesting – I've told this story, I think, on Twitter. I was going to write about it, remember, in the preseason. I was going to talk to his guys. Like, this was going to be Patrick Baldwin. It could be, you know, somebody that could fit with Draymond and Looney. And guess what happened that day? And nobody talked to me. Draymond Punch Dornful. So uh, I never wrote that story because, surprisingly, nobody would call me back that day. Yeah. Uh, you day. thought it was <laughs> TK,
1: you. I, uh, I was thinking when you were... You weren't there, but I, I thought about it. If you were right there, I'm going to ask you this. So I might as well ask you this now. It's, you know, all the stuff you say about Patrick Baldwin it made me wonder, how, how much will Steve Kerr love having Laurie in? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. He liked him. I mean, he liked he him coming out of Colorado, Arizona, right? So he...
3: He liked him coming out of college, you know, who knows defensively, but yeah, geez, that guy, uh,
2: he does a lot of interesting stuff. Well, the whole league had their chance to get him if they wanted him, but at this point I think Utah's probably going to extend him. Um, you know, I was watching um, Michael Porter Jr. last night, hit like five threes, another good game. Um, that's, you know, I, I don't want to directly compare them because Porter's ceiling, he's already signed like a max deal, is like significantly higher than Baldwin. But sim to me, similar players, 6'10 shooters, don't A really love to bang, don't really love to go inside, kind of have similar like um, forms on their shots, just the way it kind of looks. And, you know, you go back to Michael Porter's background compared to Baldwin's, they were both like absolutely mm-hmm. elite, elite prospects, right, like top five in the nation, you go back to... Baldwin was ranked with like Chet Holmgren and Paulo Banchero. Like that's the type of prospect he was. And then injuries like with Porter, different type of injuries. Porter was back. Baldwin was ankle derailed, you know, their prep career essentially. Um, And the one thing with Baldwin I worry about like is the body, you know, and they, they really had to do a lot with the ankle this summer. And it, it is kind of finally back healthy, but he's gone down in the G league. It's like, back soreness he had like a thumb thing like and like the 82 game marathon of the nba season he's not ready for but you know he came out last night and i know there was the story that steve told about you know he was at practice the morning of in santa cruz but you know for little spot moments like last night I, i think as a rookie he could shine a little bit but overall i think he's he's just not ready physically for the league on a normal rotation basis. I think this is more for next season, season yeah. beyond. Yeah, I mean,
3: and, and, you know, Porter's more dynamic. I mean, he's just a more dynamic athlete, but I, I do agree. Just that size, it just gives you a launch point that is tough. Like, it's hard to come, you know, Davis Burton doesn't play anymore. Dobbs Burton doesn't play anymore, but it's a similar thing. It's just, you're that tall. It's hard to, for people to get out on you to truly cover you from three if you're feeling it. Uh, and the stuff that I've heard about him, and I think we've all heard about him, even when he wasn't playing, is he's smart. Like, he's son of a coach. He gets it, and he understands things. He's mature, at least, you know, in a thinking about the game thing, he understands angles. Yeah, you know, physically, he's going to have a hard time defending just about anybody. But I, I think Kerr can, like, say, okay, if I get him a little bit more playing time here, mix him in a little bit, not every game here and there, there might be a five minute. We know Kerr does this crazy stuff. There might be a five minute stretch in a big game where he throws him out there and sees what happens. If they you know, if Kaminga isn't playing well, if he needs some more minutes, if Clay's and whatever, they can throw him out there. And just a guy who might randomly hit a couple threes, there's there's value in that. There is great value in that. We, we've seen with Jordan Poole, like you know, sometimes he's not giving you anything except for the ability to score in the NBA. You, those guys change games. Duncan Robinson, yeah, Duncan Robinson, you know, whatever. Just a guy who's just like, we're just going to randomly put this guy out and just, just start what, – what's, what's you know, Jamal Crawford's entire career? Just go out and you might score a bunch. That is, you know, as the 10th guy, 11th guy, 12th, whatever he's going to be, I, I see some
1: value in that. I definitely do. Another guy passing up uh, Moses Moody uh,
2: in the yes. <laughs> yes. rotation. Uh, By the way, I mean – I think Moody's been fine lately. I don't know about you guys. I've been good. When he's, man, yeah, really good. like I don't think it's like uh, Moody? You know, you Moody. you said Moody. Yeah, I, uh, think like uh, uh,
3: I mean, I think he's okay. I just think he doesn't do stuff. And I mean, and, he hits threes.
2: Yeah. I mean, we mentioned what Baldwin does. Like Moody yeah. does
3: that too. Moody's
2: reliable if he's open. I mean, he yeah, big, he's not big, but
3: he's yeah. It's harder for him to get the shot, and it's just that get into the lane and get in trouble thing that Kirk cannot stand. And I see it. I go, just don't do it. And he, it, the same thing happens. Yeah, he's, a, he's more he's ready. Thir- to be in a he's yeah, more 31
2: ready, ready. of 78, 39.7% yeah, like, yeah. from three this year.
3: He's smaller than Baldwin. He can play that wing. You know, probably going to get more shots at it than, than Baldwin. He hasn't like, turned it over but, in five games. Yeah. But uh, he does, like, the stuff that I think bugs Kerr is still kind of going on. He, he's not that great defensively for some reason this season. Uh, yeah, he's going to have to work his way in and out. He's just going to, you know, play really well at a time and earn some more minutes and play not so well and he's going to fall out of the rotation. It's just that he that's his his kind of his existence this season and I don't see him really getting out of it. They have, you know, Kaminga's is going to get minutes like when Wiggins is back, guess who's going to be knocked out of the rotation completely? It's not going to be Jonathan It's Not going to be Ty Jerome not gonna be tight jerome it's not gonna be anthony lamb it's it's gonna be moses moody that's who's gonna get not be totally knocked out of the rotation here's a question is jermichael green whenever he's back is he in the rotation or is are those Wisemans minutes now
2: yeah so i think that's a huge question uh i think that Wiseman's earned a chance yeah who's deciding this. this is question number one yeah <laughs> yes yeah i mean we all know the Push and pull, tug of war, that. But I think Wiseman has done enough in these little eight-minute spurts to show he is not, at this point, nearly as destructive as he was early in the season. Um, now, he hasn't done this that.
3: with Steph, I will point
2: out. Right? Well, that's I the thing. He, he would, like – <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just just. Well, but those are Steph minutes. Those are Steph minutes. I way. mean, yeah, you kind of have to rearrange some stuff, but maybe you rearrange uh-huh. it where he isn't playing the Steph minutes. I, and, and, you know, like, look, if he has a three game stretch where Steph's out there and he is uh-huh. destructive again. OK, you I guess you go back to Jermichael Green. But like the, the big reason why the door is cracked open is because like what is J., like Jermichael exactly. Green done to. You know, exactly. Exactly. This is not Otto Porter. He's playing. over. Um, So. Yeah, I think I I mean, not only for the now and the, and the ceiling and the upside of like James Wiseman could be much more than Jim Michael Green could be. Even if, you know, at this point, you'd probably say Jim Michael Green a little more reliable, but like they got to know more about James Wiseman. We've said this all, all, you know, year, all the last three years. And like and he's he's showing hints of growth like you've got to explore
0: that, in my opinion. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I think you do. I think
1: he's earned it. I feel like... Like the way he's going to get better at it is like playing with these dudes. I get the G thing, but like he 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 came down did like a little crossover spin move and went for some young hook, and it was like like he gets a little thirsty for shots uh when he played so well like not hunting for shots and just playing defense but then he gets thirsty i think he needs those little moments where to remind him like hey just be cool and stay within yourself is that like, the one he shot, the, he shot over <laughs> the shot off the other
3: Yeah, this <laughs> yes. like,
1: and then he was coming exactly. out exactly <laughs> exactly i do feel like he like he needs those moments too right because you know Going down in the G League, like you can come back like, yo, I'm ready, give me a rock. And if as long as he's not thirsty for the ball, he's fine. But sometimes he gets thirsty for shots. And they don't really look for him. Yeah. It only
2: adds to it. But But like, even when they don't look for him, you can tell how thirsty he is. <laughs> he's like,
0: come on, like I was okay, open on that yeah. law. Um, I, yeah, I feel
2: the, like if it, that's a that's like
1: an NBA thing you gotta wear. I don't know. I don't know that the the G League solved that. It might solve the defensive issues, but as long as if he can get out of yo, know, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, then he'll be fine. And to me, like letting him work that out is better than the upside of Michael yeah. The Jamal
3: Green thing is I should probably more, you know, controlling in this thing because he just hasn't been good. So you don't need a ton from James Wiseman to be better than that. And you can and you can certainly imagine him getting to a point where he's way better than anything they've gotten from Jamal Green or can expect to get from Jamal Green. I would just caution. That this is happening without Steph Curry. And the one thing Wiseman has done more than any to screw up his Warriors career so far is to destroy the Steph minutes. He has just completely been a one man destruction of anything that's when, when he's out there with Steph. And as we know, that cannot happen with the Warriors. You cannot be that guy. You are not playing with Steph Curry if you sink his minutes. So then I don't know where he plays because then it's the second unit. And guess what? That's Draymond playing center. So um, and sometimes it's Ramon and Looney. And then there's certainly no Wiseman so that there's going to be some tricky rotation spots. But I agree with you. Maybe it means like, you know, a couple minutes here and there and more, you know, he's getting like four, right, four every half. Maybe he, he gets three, two, whatever, and then see where it is. But
1: he's don't betting. you think they would like a universe where those aren't all Draymond minutes? Yeah, yeah, I think unit.
3: so. But that's part of them kind of getting Jordan off the ball too, right? I mean, that's part of this was they need Draymond to run that that second unit because Jordan isn't that guy and and organize things. So, so uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe, maybe they should <laughs> There
1: you
2: go. Let me introduce you to a guy named Ty Jerome. Ty, nope. Jerome. <laughs> just, Ty Jerome and Wiseman have been working. It's mostly for Ty Jerome's offense, but Wiseman just sets these screens that have become better, more physical. And um, Ty Jerome just kind of wanders with him into the paint, and the big just kind of tries to stay on Wiseman because he doesn't want to give up the lob. And they mentioned this, like Wiseman's got Jerome a bunch of yep. little floating buckets. A little Jer-
1: weird. Off yeah, Jerome down, just kind yeah. of like
2: wanders towards like the eight foot mark, and the center is just too afraid to come close to him and then he just pops in a little floater and it's like it works yeah so i i mean that could be your non part of your non-steph unit like jerome Poole, wiseman have draymond out there and like to me what wiseman has shown in this stretch is he can you know be a non-destructive part of like different lineups variations of lineups that could theoretically be a second unit when steph is uh back so I mean keep it that's the thing just yep. keep exploring it you can always pivot off of it <laughs> they've if shown that it works yeah. you
3: really get a bonus that's the point yeah. right you get a big bonus if it works because he does screw around with defenses with that lob threat in a different way he is you know a bit of a rim protector though we'll see uh, on that as it progresses and they're not getting like either of that from Jermichael Green. They're, they're, not, they're, they're just not getting anything from Jermichael Green. This is not a terrible way. I thought Kaminga could be that guy. It looks like they're, they're going to play him slightly different than that but I thought Kaminga could be your, you know, your four or five, you know, may basically be five. Still can, you know, offensively he's a five, but defensively he's a two, whatever. whatever. He like, he's guarding. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's
2: a point. Yeah. Kaminga's exactly. like Sean Marion defensively right now. Like not obviously, you know, nearly to that level, but like, that's what they see. Yep. And I mean, they are not hiding that. I mean, like Draymond Green is really talking him up. And I thought that is a, like, Very notable because Draymond Green is as, like, strict a teacher as you get defensively, right? Um, And just the fact that he's like, this guy's got the type of skill set that we need to adapt some of our style around. Like, if he decides, hey, I'm going to hound LaMelo Ball 94 feet, even if the coaching staff didn't tell him to, like, do it. Because it's bothering the entire Charlotte Hornets team, and we will adapt around it. And it's like, that's what Kaminga's become into this team. And that's a that's a huge deal. I mean, we've talked about him kind of like in a Gary Payton type role. Like that's what Payton did last season. Payton would go off script defensively, and he was led the NBA in steals for 36. So, um, it's that is probably the biggest development if we take two steps back of the last month, right? No, particularly the the non-Wiggins. Like when Wiggins has missed now 11 games, like Kaminga's emergence within those no 11 question. games is like no question
3: huge. I mean, he's. Jordan Garden Clarkson last night. He, I think he had some t- turns on marketing. Um, just to have that guy who bugs the opponent's best offensive player, uh, that changes, it alters a lot. Now, let's see on the road, right? I mean, let's see some of this on the road, but it has to start somewhere. It has to be, um, it has to truly bug people. Now, he fouled out, so, you know, some of this stuff is problematic. But this is important stuff. Like, this is this is stuff they need to just kind of scrap out games. We mentioned the Gary Payton stuff that he did last season. There's They had other guys who did this stuff. Otto Porter a little bit. Um, JTA in the regular season. Like, like, they haven't had that. We've talked about that all season. Like, they haven't had that kind of connecting tissue. Where play the defense, where it's not all on Draymond. Go get a bucket. I, I thought the bucket he got, Slater... Two games ago, you know, when it kind of like at the end of the game, he's playing the whole four on times. Gordon Hayward. Boy. Yeah, where it's just like pass the ball to Clay, it's not really available. So they set something up, like literally are looking for Kaminga on the post. And he kind of just glides in and he makes in a tough shot. Like the, the tough two. They need that alternate option, they need that other thing. And Wiggins can do it when he's playing, but you, you need some other guys too. Porter did it for them a ton last season. Uh, and they they've been missing that, and I think we, what we've seen lately is Divincenzo and Kaminga kind of giving that stuff to them, and that carries. Like that is stuff that probably you can get on the road, although we'll see. Uh, and it can you know win you big games when you know Steph's doing the Steph thing, Clay, and all the other stuff. But then you need the the the, the complementary things that I think they're getting from Divincenzo and Kaminga, the two guys I'm seeing out of them so far. So when Art- does he
2: take to land minutes? Yeah. not <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> they yeah, could share North. them together now, but whew, yeah, that that might become a like deeper conversation once like the full rotation is back together. Marcus, do you remember what happened after Kaminga tosses in the floater over Gordon Hayward? Oh, you're talking about with the re- Oh, 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 that's right. Uh uh he got a Char- Charlotte Hornets call timeout and uh, yeah, he's going over <laughs> to the huddle and, and and Draymond Green just gives him a pretty you know, two hands shove in celebration. That was kind of a funny moment. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. Which looked a little weird if you didn't see it. Like, if you, <laughs> if yeah. you didn't see it out the corner of your eye. <laughs> like, whoa, what just happened over there? But yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a forceful shove. Kamiga, like, you know, it knocked him off his track, but they were just so hype about it. Like, they were, they were, they were lit about Kamiga. I, I don't, I was surprised to see Lamb start after the game Kamiga had. And he's not really making threes lately. I think he's like two of his last twelve. <laughs> yep. So it's just weird that you know I, I get it. It's clearly defensive with Steve Kerr, but man, it just feels like in a game like that uh, against these teams with nobody out, Kaminga should be playing twenty five and not. Yeah, I mean,
3: he played what twenty four, or whatever, and two games ago when he played the whole fourth quarter. It's just what Kerr gonna be circumspect about it most of the time, but then leave that second and fourth quarters open to coming up, you know, expanding. But anyway, he didn't play at all. I don't think he played in the first quarter last night. You know, it's just, there's certain rotations. Yeah, he played
1: just 21 minutes last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah.
3: Kerr's going to be very strict about some of this, but it'll expand if he keeps playing like this, if they want him to go guard people. Now, he's going to foul out, right? He fouled out last night, not playing a ton of minutes. like that, That's going to happen. It's going to get him into the, the bonus. There's going to be issues there. But The stuff that he does, nobody else on that team really did. Wiggins a little bit, but uh, in a different way. Um, And got wing depth. They've won championships on wing depth. They've won a lot of games just being able to sub wings, 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 wings. And they've been short on that this season. And, you know, we'll see when Wiggins comes back. We'll see if Andre, you know, know what he gives them. But Kaminga is that other guy. It's that uh, I always laugh. These are Bob Myers guys six foot six
2: six foot seven lengthy kind of maybe a little you know what late. he you know what he looked like the other night in closing like that was a that Andre Iguodala used to close games like yeah. that you know well, the swipe be, steal for sure yeah the swipe yeah. steal for sure it was beyond a swipe steal yeah. it was just like a straight up like give me your lunch right now yep um and it was just you know five different plays cutting dunks so like a, a, a traffic rebound winning plays and a three-minute stretch that wins a game because you're closing even though you didn't start like Andre Iguodala would do this like eight times a season, a regular season. So, well, what Andre would not do is that post play uh against Gordon Hayward. <laughs> that that
1: he would not do.
3: Oh, no. Philly Andre Iguodala. Yeah, Philly well, Andre, I mean, though, the finals, say, Andre, Andre. Early, yeah, early, early Warriors. Yes.
1: Andre yes. did that. 5th, 2015,
3: June 2015,
1: but maybe not a lot after that. You mean you uh, mean Andre, Andre would so who hit so like five game winners for the Warriors?
2: I remember uh, he had a big one on the Thunder. Remember that one? I was covering the oh, Thunder yeah, at the time. Jason. Oh, yeah. he had a key. Yeah, he had. Some. <laughs> remember the one We're
1: in gonna, Atlanta too. He I'm just saying the
3: ISO the ISO on the wing. You go get him. Well, yeah, I don't remember that many times Andre
2: doing that, but that's a, beside the point. He, he you didn't. You didn't watch. You didn't watch much Sixers basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah day, clearly, yeah. clearly, clearly, Arizona. Uh, back. It was all there.
1: Let, let's in this. We got to talk about uh, Draymond. Uh, there was a little. Um, <laughs> I know it's just Twitter, but there was the dialogue about him not wanting to play without Steph. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, he was huge. In a game that is probably going to, they're going to look back and it's going to be pretty valuable when they secured. But he, man, it looked, like, it looked like the old, you're not scoring in the paint, Draymond. And I, yeah, it's Utah, right? They're not like, like Walker Kessler is not going to dominate Draymond. But That fourth quarter, they ended up with 13 points on four for 25 shooting. And, like, Draymond just said, all right, it's over. And and it felt like he only only played 22 minutes through the first three quarters. And I was wondering if Steve had, like, wanted to keep his minutes low, was like, hey, let the guys finish it and maybe preserve him in case it's close down the end. But for some reason, he just didn't play a lot. He didn't have foul trouble. He just didn't play a lot of minutes. He still only finished with 29 even after playing – most of the fourth, but yeah, wow, he he was good. He seems to be a bit energized by the fact that like Kamenga, Chinzo, and these guys are like with him on defense. But yeah, he that was that was a vintage Draymond. You're not scoring on us. Yeah, what was that game? It was during Durant
3: air where like Draymond made like three straight plays at the ends. Was it Detroit? He did that too. I forget what it was. Where like just down the stretch, I... every play just got.
2: Stoned by Draymond. Yeah, he did. It, it was like four games in five stretch where okay. it was like ripping Jokic in isolation with the game on the line. And there was like stolen inbound pass. Like, yeah, he made like literally be like hop, buzzer, buzzer yeah. beating. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was yeah.
3: that was that his D- DPOY year? Probably was. I think probably like yeah. one. But um, like that reminded me of like you are. Yeah, you're right. This this is not gonna happen. You guys are not scoring. I'm going to meet you. You know, you know he's meeting what marketing and whoever at the, the top. It's not like he's meeting, you know, LeBron. But uh, it was it was Will. It was like I'm just doing this. And I think he likes that. Yeah, as MT was saying, like he likes. He's got some other guys with him on this. He's got DiVincenzo. He's got Kaminga. You know, Looney there. Although he didn't play a ton in this game, but just which happens. Um, like he's got guys around. Remember, you know, he's a love playing with Bogut. Like he just loves that energy of guys who are kind of rallying to the ball, who know what they're doing. If he slides left, someone's going to cover for his right, and he's going to slide back right, and they're going to rotate again. You don't have to worry about that with with a lot of these guys. And I think he's liking that. I think he's liking the home energy. Uh, He's playing great. I think he likes this, you know, try for let's see what we got left. Like, let's see what – let's play it out with these guys.
2: Contract situation. Contract
3: situation is slightly part of this discussion too. Uh, and uh, it's 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 all good. Like he's kind of like you know, he likes the gray in his beard. Like you know he's like he's the old man hanging on, and he can still do it. He's an you know, old man on the basketball court. With these young guys trying to trying to just fly by him, and he's knocking them back. I, I think he's getting a lot of kind of um, uh, motivation from this, and he's playing fantastic. You know, he,
2: I mentioned this after when we did a podcast after the Brooklyn game when I was in Brooklyn, but I watched him a, a lot during the Brooklyn game. And he, so it was second night of back to back. They, we, you kind of knew going in they were going to get destroyed. No Clay, obviously, you know, no DiVincenzo, no Steph. Um, and you thought Dr- Draymond had this foot, in, foot issue pop up on the road trip. He has like a soft tissue thing that's it's sore. He could play through it. Celebrities Green let him to play through it. But you thought this is he's going to sit against the Nets and he didn't. And I, oh, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. He's deciding to play tonight even though it's very likely they're going to get blown out. It seemed like a perfect night for him to bail and he plays, and he's very energetic throughout the game. They're getting... Whacked, right? They gave up a 90 point first half, 91 point first half. But even coming out in the third quarter, he's lively. He's, he's coaching up guys. He's getting into it with Kyrie Irving. He got into it with Kyrie going into a timeout and then he's going over to the timeout. And I'm watching him during the huddle and everybody's asking him about the Kyrie situation. He's laughing. He's yelling. He's super demonstrative. He plays until late in the third quarter. They finally pulled the plug on him. I remember they put Baldwin in for him. That's when Baldwin goes out and hits five threes. But as he's coming off the court, he's, he goes and daps the other four players up, and then goes over, and gives Steve Kerr a hug, and like goes down. Everybody on the coaching staff was like super fired up, uh, and I just thought it was an interesting moment of him just being like, "Look, I came to play tonight. Like I wanted to be out here and take this beating kind of with you guys." And then you know, talk to him in the locker room post game. He has just positive attitude about the situation coming up, and it's just to me, it would just it read very well on his mindset of right now. And then it has obviously bled over into this a homestand where he's still – he's on the injury report every game with foot soreness, but he's coming out and he's playing through it. And he's been a huge part of this, not only on the court, but, I mean, we've seen it in the locker room. Like, yep. he did, yep. this is – he is in a good place right now. Um, uh, and, and we could speculate about all the reasons, which obviously include some financial ones, but it's been very good for the Warriors. You know, and go,
3: I, I think ahead. a lot of this changed when they put him in the second unit. He just – I think he just felt the responsibility of that. Like you got to help fix this, Draymond. You are the way we are fixing this thing that is killing us, and it's because of you. It's because your brains, because your defense, because your organizational abilities, because your leadership. And I think something like you know clicked in Draymond. Like, yeah, like this is great. Like uh, give me this responsibility. We'll try to save the non-staff minutes. And that was a while ago. I just like I think he was in a good place before that, but I really feel like that like gave him is you know, you're the commander of this. You're going to take us through this because we've been, that's when Kerr really, like Slater, isn't that really when Kerr started gushing about Draymond right about then, you know, his mind, the way he thinks, I just so much respect for him. And I just think it's because he's saving that section of the game that was just destroying them early in the season. And, And it just kind of flowed through him to the rest of the season. He just feels this responsibility because he's good, you know, because he's important, because he's valuable, and that has flowed through everything. Now, we'll see how valuable he is at the end of the season contractually, but I think that part of it has really fulfilled him,
1: and, and we're seeing on court. It's surprising in a bit because it, it feels a lot like, and fans have said it's like the 2021 20, season, or no, 1920. You know, Where he didn't have to play. And he felt and he was just miserable. He talked about it like he was just miserable. And you could see him saying his head, like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the the veterans were all gone. Andre was off the team. Steph was hurt. Clay was so, hurt. He was the one guy by himself trying to make D'Angelo Russell play defense. <laughs> and he was miserable. So to me it's it's a bit surprising that Like, he's he's not the same situation, but he's out there with, like, two-way guys, and he's the only one, and he's, like, into it. And it it feels like it's different for him this time around. Uh, Certainly, the fourth championship helps a lot with that, but I can just see him saying, y'all, I'm never doing that again. Like, he's not putting me out there to be the leader of these guys. But, you know, he's got DiVincenzo, like, you know, he's got young guys, and he's like, it's, it's just unique considering his history, because he was so miserable that year. Yep. when it was just him, uh, and now it's just him basically uh, for for parts. And he seems to be into it in a way that is just a little bit surprising to me. Yeah, I think content. his body,
3: I think his body feels better, you know. And they they're talking about it all the time. Is he had those that finals run was just beat him up, right? So that was right after the finals run. They don't just lose Steph to injury and have no Clay and lose Andre. They had no Kevin Durant, right? I mean, I think there was just this whole morning after of the whole thing, like, what What are we doing here? Uh, then everyone gets hurt, and then they're terrible, and they have D'Angelo Russell. That just didn't work, you know? And they've got Eric Pascal and, you know, and Willie Colley Stein, and, you know, Burks and all these guys, Glenn Robinson. They were good guys. It just didn't fit what they thought they were. And it just put the whole franchise in a funk, and if the franchise is going to be a funk, it's going to be Draymond leading the way. There's... And, and this is different. This is I mean, this is after a championship, so they could be bruised up a little bit, and they are, and they're older. But this is different than that because they're a better roster. They're not coming off of losing everybody. And I think Draymond's body is in a pretty good spot. I, I think he just feels good. And there's the contract, too, obviously. So you
2: know what else? I think he – and, again, this is speculation. I have not talked to him about this. But I think he thinks he owes his team for what he did in the preseason. Yeah. Yep. His teammates. You know, I mean Marcus, you you can remember being around, but it's like regardless of what he may think, contract situation, front office, and future with the Warriors, like what he did really stung his teammates, particularly his longtime teammates. Oh. And yeah, he just yeah. felt like he kind of owed him back. I, I think. I'm not again, I have not discussed this with Draymond, but that's how I read it a little bit. And
1: it fits who he is too, right? Like he's definitely that he's definitely the make it up guy, you know. Uh and you know they they talked about you know how he had to earn the trust back, but you can see it now like he's pretty much back. Like even you know him and Jordan, you, you you don't sense any like division between them. And it's been them two a lot. Like they're running their, you know, he's basically doing that two man game with. No, he's doing looking a lot. For him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. definitely
3: looking for him. No question. So yeah, he he feel like he's back. Yep. And, you know, we've all, we've talked about this before. Sometimes you can just tell when Draymond's not in a good mood before a game. I have not seen that, you know, I, I have not seen, I've seen him. He's kind of been upbeat, like he's bouncing around. He's like, he's just feeling in a good mood. And and that permeates with the whole team. We know that, you know, when Draymond's down, big, like even in the championship years, MT, you know, like you're around Draymond, I was like, it's a little dark right now. Um. That has not happened and and, and it has happened maybe beginning of the season or it happened other moments, certainly that, you know, nineteen twenty season. But I, again, I, I trace it to just the feeling and responsibility. I think you're right, Slater, it has, it has to do with, you know, not redemption, but like I am still Draymond Green. That happened uh, with Jordan, but, uh, you know, we're going to get through this. But I also think it's just the sense of how important he is to this team. He really just, that's the overall thing. He's just so vital to this team. They cannot exists with him. And like, you know, I'm the one who wrote that maybe this is the Andre you know, Draymond Green thing. I don't think it can. I mean, he's just shown that they can't go on without him. This can't work without him. And and, and that probably has empowered him, too. Like, this is yeah, this is my spot. This is my moment. This is my team. Just me and Steph and Clay. This is it. And we'll, we'll take as far as we can go. We don't want to screw that up, right? You screw it up. What are you you're screwing up? The chance to win a fifth title? Like, he's not going to be the guy doing that. And he came close to doing it, maybe. In the preseason, but what does he do? What empty always says? Draymond gets himself in this trouble, and Draymond gets him out of,
1: gets himself out of it, and he's getting the words out of it too. Marcus, yeah, he, he can't. Yeah, be, just imagine the world without Draymond, is like <laughs> yeah, you're confined to like yeah, man. You better hope for that at. I, they just he's still the best center they've had. Yep, like, it's just which is a crazy thought because he's not a center, but. He's still that that figure for them. And I just, I don't know, even after everything that's happened, I still don't see Steph saying, yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with Draymond Leeson. Like, it just, he ain't, he ain't going anywhere. But we are yep. going somewhere. Yes. We are. We
2: are out of here. Yes. They have five, last thing, five games left on this important homestand. They have set themselves up well. They're 3-0. and um, And now they have day off, Blazers, two days off, Hawks. Day off Pistons, two days off Magic, and then they close with the Suns. This is a very, this, you know, if they can play well, this sets up as like a six and two ish homestand. Like they should I really call be six and two because it's a revenge tour. They get back all
1: them, them games they tricked off on the road. You got Charlotte, Orlando, Detroit, and uh, Utah. That's four right there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It hey,
1: might, might, might be might
2: be 8-0. It might be 8-0. Hey, yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> that would be Wiggins will help. Wiggins will help. Yeah. Who knows? They're, know.
3: they're a good team on, at home. They're just a good team at home. We're seeing it over and over. I don't think this proves that they're a great team. We obviously got to see it on the road. But there's something there. Like, there's just something there about them playing at Chase Center. They feel strong. They feel good. Uh, they're going to get Wiggins back – I don't, I'm not saying eight, no, but it could be something. You know, they could threaten it, and that would get, could put them in pretty decent shape, and then we'll see what they do on the road
2: after that. All right, Marcus, Tim, thank you for coming on, and uh, we will do another plus-minus next week, maybe in 82, after one of these home games. But we may not talk to you again until the year 2023. Kind of crazy. So, um, With that, happy new year. Happy new year. Happy new year for to all. All. See ya. Quick side note, stay tuned right after this episode for a special inside pass report from our insider, Sham Sharani.